0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading in verse 19. Now, if you are a newcomer today and you're like, oh goodness, he's," you know, I haven't been in church my whole life. I know where he's going. No, you don't know where I'm going. You ain't the Holy Ghost. So you listen and get some revelation. Because a person who thinks they know everything, you can't help them. So listen to the revelation today and allow God to help you. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven Where neither moth nor rush destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal Now I want you to grab verse 21 Because there's going to be a revelation that comes through this verse today That I don't know that you've ever heard I've never heard anyone teach on it and preach on it I've heard heard some people get uh, browbeat over it But I don't know if I've ever received the revelation that I've had today But listen to verse 21 for where your treasure is there your heart will be also for where your treasure is there your heart will be also the lamp of the body is the eye if therefore your eye is good your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if therefore the light that is in you is darkness how great is that darkness he says no one can serve two masters Can I just say this and then we're going to move on. Many times when people get, many times when people get born again, within the first two months, they'll stumble over one of two things. Either A, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, or B, tithing and, and giving of offerings. Isn't it amazing that in the last days, the two things that's pushing the church is the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire and tithes and offerings. This will give you a key that the enemy is trying to destroy the power that's in the church right now. But he can't do it. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He says, therefore, no one can serve two masters for either you will hate one and love the other or else you'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot... Serve God and Mammon. Mammon is the name of the God that they are the spirit God that that was over money, so to speak. Don't have time to go into all that. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Push your name and say, do not worry. Do not worry worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor toil nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can I tell you, I've never seen a bird die of hunger. I've seen them die when they got hit by cars. I've shot them with my BB guns when I was little and all that good stuff. And if you've got something wrong with it, bless your heart. We're in the South. I've never seen one die of hunger. Not one. Watch this. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and the tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you a little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying what we shall eat or what shall we drink and what shall we wear. After these things, the Gentiles or the lost people seek for your heavenly father knows what you have need, that you have need of these things. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for for the day is its own trouble. I want you to go to Philippians chapter 4, and then we're going to, after that, we'll pray, and you you can be seated after that. Philippians chapter 4. Praise the Lord. Now, I've I've got the wonderful uh, privilege to sit in a couple of our uh, groups on Wednesday nights, uh, mainly Pastor Antoine's. If you're not coming on a Wednesday night, can I say something? Let me just go ahead and say this. When we first started my groups, we said go on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Can I just go on and scratch that and say you need to be here on Wednesday night whether you're in a my group on Sunday morning or not? Because there is some Bible teaching happening around here on Wednesday night that you need to get. We have Pastor Antoine, Pastor Andy, and Pastor Jason all teaching the Word of God. And people, people's lives are being built and enriched through the teaching of the word of the Lord. So you need to be here. You ain't doing nothing but watching TV, TV anyway. That old trick box. Leave that trick box alone, amen. Philippians chapter four and verse eight. Finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, <clears throat> whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. <clears throat> Can I stop for a minute? If you're ever having problems with your thoughts, if you're ever having problems with what's going on in your mind, if the enemy is attacking you through all kinds of fear and every, everything else that he wants to bring through the, the battlefield of the mind. You grab that scripture and say, in the name of Jesus, I command my mind to meditate on the things that are true. I command my mind to meditate on the things that are noble, the things that are just, the things that are pure, whatever thing is lovely, I will meditate on these. Whatever things are of good report, whatever things have virtue, and whatever things are praiseworthy, I command my mind, meditate on these. That was for free. Watch this, verse nine. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. I need, all right, for anybody who's struggling with giving or anything like that, your care was not meaning that they cared because, oh, well, we care for Paul. He's talking about an offering and and it goes on into context. He's talking about an offering that the Philippian church sent to the Apostle Paul. They would constantly, constantly send him offerings and you're about to see why. Hallelujah. Watch this. It's flourished again. Though you surely did care but you lacked opportunity. Now I speak in regard to need for I have learned whatever state I'm in To be content. Now, religious people have made that, have taken that scripture and made it uh, an excuse of why the Lord shouldn't bless you. But let's read on down. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. He says, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He said, it don't matter what I face. I'm going to be all good. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of, of, of the gospel, which I, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only for even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again from my necessities not that I seek the gift watch this but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account hallelujah indeed I have all and abound I am full having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you watch this I need you to grab this because this Is where I'm going in part in the second part of this sermon today. A sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God. The Apostle Paul said, when they gave, he said, when they gave to me, there was an aroma that came up to heaven. Have you ever walked in the house and said, What is that I smell? What y'all cooking? And it took your attention. Watch this. God said the Philippian church gave to Paul and got my attention. What is that I smell coming out of the Philippian church? We're gonna go somewhere today. Watch this. Now this is in context because everybody else likes to take it out of context. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How could Apostle Paul write that inspired of the spirit and how could they claim it? Because they had sent an aroma up to the third heaven and got the attention of almighty God and he said, I'm about to bless you and you will lack nothing because it's according to my riches and glory by my son, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, that's how you can claim that. So we're about to go into this today and I pray that you will give me a... Today I'm going to ask for a a 15-minute variance. (laughs) Amen. And uh, let's let's go on in this thing and and believe God to do something powerful because there's going to be a teaching that's going to unlock a lot of stuff in your life today. Let's pray and ask for the Lord's help. Father God, in the name of Jesus. I stand before Your people, Your blessed people that have been bought with the blood of Jesus, that have been given the down payment, the guarantee, the Holy Ghost, that Jesus is returning. I stand before Your people, Lord, that You will move heaven and earth to bless. I stand before your people, God, that you come and see about on a daily basis. Now, Father, today as I teach and preach this word, let revelation explode so big in them that they will never be able to go back to believing anything that you did not say. That they'll never be able to return to a religious mindset of poverty, but they'll be able to step out in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Knowing that if you are for them, then who can be against them? Father, today in the name of Jesus, I release an anointing God that will, that will tear down any kind of communication barrier that the enemy may try to set up. And Lord, today I decree thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grant me a prophetic utterance. And Lord, I pray look upon my availability and not my ability today and take me beyond any limitation that I or anybody else have placed upon me. And Father, I pray let your word rain down in this house. And Lord, let it get so deep that we have, by the end of this service, we're only able to swim in it, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray and believe that you have done this and I thank you by faith. And the church that agrees, shout amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap for his word today? Thank you so much. You may be seated. Now, let me me start this up today. Over the past weeks, I've been preaching about dimensional believing, dimensional living. And uh, what does that mean in case you're a newcomer today? That means that we, we, as a body of Christ, as a church, have a revelation that we are stepping away from seasonal thinking. Everybody's always talking about, well, this, uh, it's this season and it's that season. Well, it might be, but can I tell you something? The Lord is saying, why don't you step away from seasonal thinking? Why don't, why, why don't, you, why don't you step out of seasonal thinking? Why don't you step out of level thinking and begin to walk in a dimension of glory. You see, and and y'all know this, but I'm gonna say it for anybody who hasn't been able to attend. Dimensions are not bound by or limited to time. And so God is wanting to pour out such a blessing on the church. That's where you shout, Amen. amen. I said that's where you shout, Amen. amen. That's where you shout, Amen. God is wanting to pour out such a blessing on the church that it is not limited to or bound by time or seasons. Hallelujah. God is, I just feel like I need to say it one more time because I felt like we kicked the religious devil when I said it. God is wanting to bless his church. I'm going to push it until I fill it all the way in the back. God is wanting to bless his church. God is wanting to bless his church. God is wanting to bless his church. Amen. Glory be to God. But he's got to get us out of level thinking and out of seasonal thinking. He's calling us into the land of Goshen. This is not a geographical place. It is a place in the spirit, a place where dimensional glo- the dimensional glory of heaven comes on your life and causes you to be in the world, but not of it. The glory causes his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I've come to tell a few people in this church, hopefully all of you, but if it ain't all of you, I'm going to tell everybody that'll listen. I've come to tell you that just because you're passing through this world does not mean you are overcome by this world. I said, just because you're passing through this world does not mean you're overcome by this world. John 16 says in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. Last time I checked, if you've been washed by the blood of Jesus... And his spirit dwells within you, then you are seated with him in heavenly places. 1 John 4 says that as he is, so are we in this earth. Therefore, church, I've come to make an announcement in this place this morning by the spirit of God. You have no reason to fear and you have no reason to be worried. I've come to tell you this morning that God has never left you and he is not about to start to leave you now. God has you nothing in this world to come nor nothing in the world that is to come and nothing will separate you from the love of God and the blessing that is upon your life. Give him a hand clap if you believe his word today. The Bible says believe on the Lord. And you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. No wonder major denominations and fellowships are trying to get rid of the apostle and the prophet. And they won't have invite in the evangelist. Why? Because the devil has seized their thoughts and their spirits. So they don't want the power anymore. But there's something that happens when the apostle and the prophet get together. Uh, the church begins to be established and it begins to prosper in an extraordinary way hallelujah church we have to renew everybody shout renew renew our minds to the place where our focus is not on what is happening in this world that our focus listen carefully is not on what is happening in this world. That our focus is not on what is happening in this world, but who God has called us to be in this world. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are children of the most high God. You are kingdom people. And therefore you are not subject to the kingdoms of this world. But God has called you to a higher kingdom in this world. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Not to focus on. Uh, what is happening in this world, not to focus on what, what next virus is coming out, not to focus on what the politicians are saying. Church, we have to stay our minds on his living or living in his dimensional glory. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Can I tell you, in his glory is everything you will need now, tomorrow, and next week until Jesus comes back, everything you will ever need is found in his glory church hallelujah now when I taught about the heavens dimensional provision the first time I, I said this provision is released from the dimensional or dimension of glory that is that manifests from heaven this is how Elijah could take this is how Elijah could go to a widow that has a little bit of oil left in a jar. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I feel like there's somebody got a little bit of oil left in a jar and got a little bit of flour in their hand. And they're saying, this is all there is. But God said, you came in contact with an anointing this morning. And when the anointing begins to hit the place of need, something has to shift. And Elijah could look at a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour and he could say, Make me something first. And the Bible says as the man of God ate, he said, don't worry about it. The oil will not run out and the flour will not run dry until God sends rain on the earth. What happened? A dimension of glory from heaven met the need on the earth. And now all of a sudden the need on the earth had to bow to the dimension of glory that came on it. And it began to shift what was in the earth. This is how Elisha could walk in a widow's house. She said, man of God, my husband was a prophet. He would not, he would not even bow to Baal, and he didn't bow to Jezebel. But now all we have is a little bit of oil left and the creditors are coming. That's a word for somebody, I feel it. And the creditors are coming. He said, don't worry about it. Go find every empty vessel. Go borrow them from everybody in the neighborhood and bring them in the house. What are you talking about? Bring them in the house. Bring them into the house of God. He said, and shut the door behind you. And I come to tell you the Bible says, that that, oh, that was in a little bitty jar began to pour out and filled every empty vessel. And he said, now you go pay the creditors and you and your sons live on the rest. I came to announce over this house a live on the rest anointing, a live on the rest blessing, a live on the rest dimension that God is about to use some people to bring supernatural provision into the house of God. Oh my God, when I was praying about this sermon and I heard that in my spirit, I said, That's mine, God. Some of y'all got to learn how to receive. Some of y'all got to learn how to receive when the prophetic word, when a word comes over you, don't just sit there and look like, well, well, that was a good word. You've got to say, God, that's mine. It won't pass over me. I'll reach up and grab that thing and I'll put it in my spirit. I'll pray and fast on it for a month if I got to, but I'm going to get my word. Hallelujah. And he said, there is a live on the rest anointing. There is a live on the rest dimension. There is a live on the rest glory coming on this house. You better get Hallelujah. Uh, Live on the rest anointing. Glory be to God. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, and and I'm going to teach more on this. But every one of these people accessed a dimension on earth. Watch now. That was not of the earth, but of heaven. But when they accessed it on the earth, it broke the world's limitations off of it. there is a glory Jesus walked in it and one more time for the folk that think you can't he said the glory you gave me God the glory you gave me father I give to them hallelujah you can walk in this glory church There is a glory that'll come on you from heaven that when you look at limitations on the earth, it may limit everybody else. It may limit your boss and it may limit your job, but it will not limit you because the glory knows how to break the limitations. Hallelujah, it broke. Somebody shout, it broke. <laughs> it broke the limitations that were keeping it from being not enough. Watch this. And, it, and it, listen, when it broke the limitations of it being not enough, it became more than enough. Same person, same place, same time, different dimension. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm going to release one more thing for people who have the faith to receive it today. I'm going to release over here a more than enough. You might be looking at it right now and it might not be enough. Not enough. But I'm going to release the glory coming on your life over every tithing person, over every given person. The glory come on your life now and where you look at it not being enough, the dimension shifts it to more than enough. Preacher, you, do you have some scripture for that? I've got so much scripture, we could be here till this evening about it. But I just want to give you two examples and then we'll move on because I got to teach this today. But we'll move on to it. But Jesus walks up and, he's, and the disciples come and say, Jesus, send these folk home. We only have enough. We only have enough for us. And Jesus said, well, won't you give the people something to eat? And they said, Jesus, we got enough money for it, but by God, we can't even bring all the food back from town that'll feed them. And Jesus said, What do you have? Show me what you have that's not enough. I have a glory that'll change it into more than enough. And the Bible says that Jesus took it, and he broke it, and he blessed it. I believe the blessing was, Lord, the glory from heaven that's on my life. Let it fall on the five loaves and the two fish.) <laughs> And when the disciples started getting it, they didn't realize, but they went out and handed it out and came back and there was more. Went out and handed it out and came back and there was more. Went out and handed it out and came back, there there was more. And what was not enough became more than enough. So much more than enough that Jesus said, now get your baskets and go around and pick up all the leftovers. And everybody went and picked up a full basket. And Jesus was teaching them, there is a glory that from being not enough to more than enough. This is what I'm talking about, brother Mike, right here. That a shifted. Oh, glory be to God. Well, for the fu- I just heard this in somebody's mind. That was Jesus, the first church. The first church, Brother Trey, they said they got together. And the Holy Ghost fell on them. This was going from Earth's limitations to breaking limitations. They came out of the upper room. But when they went up, they was limited by their own language. (laughs) But when they... When they went up, they were limited by their own language. But when they came down, they were speaking in languages that they did not even know and have knowledge of. And they said, We hear these people speaking in our language, and they don't even know our language. He broke the limitations. off of of what was on them in the earth. And when you go to Acts chapter four, the Bible says the limitations were broken so much that there were no lack among them. There wasn't one person that had a need. Oh, I bless the Lord. And I decree of the day that's going to happen in this house that I'll go around and there won't be one tithing person that has. to go around. Say, do you have a need? I don't have no need. I just came with a seed. I'd love to go around. Brother, do you have a need? I don't have a need. I came with a seed. Sister, do you have a need? I don't have a need. I came with a seed. I decree in this house that every need in this place will be replaced by a seed in this place because of the glory and the power of God coming on the church in the last day. I don't have a need. I just have a seed. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, let me, can I explain to y'all, or let me just say this, one of the major, one of the major enemies to walking in this dimensional glory. Are y'all ready for it? One of the major enemies. Are you ready? Push your neighbor, say, get ready. You got to listen to this now. The biggest enemy to walking in this dimensional glory that releases unlimited provision is our own thinking. I found out the devil can't. He don't have nothing on me. I can mess me up way worse than he can. I can stop me way worse than he can. It's mindsets. Everybody shout mindsets. It's mindsets that we have allowed to take root in us and now have become strongholds. You can change somebody's geographical location. I was talking to Pastor Anton. We was talking Wednesday night. And we was talking about, you know, some, uh, some situations and circumstances. And I said, you know, you... When trouble's in you, you can change where you live. You can change where you go to church. You can change, you can change, uh, you can change where, whatever. But trouble just follows you there. You got to get trouble out of you. How do we get trouble out of us? The Bible says we have to renew our minds. We got to shift the way we think about some things. <laughs> Pastor Andy told me a quote from somebody last week. I stole it. I stole it. But he said, he said if, if you want to change something small, change the way you do something. If you want a big change, change the way you perceive something. Change the way you view it. And you'll shift something big. Actions shift small stuff. How you look at it shifts big things. The church has looked at the world and its resources and its limitations and have taken it on as if God gave it to you. But God says, You are a part of a different kingdom. Somebody say, This ain't my home. home. Hallelujah. I feel the power of God. This is not my home. I'm just passing through this place right now. Hallelujah. That means that I am not limited to or bound by the world's limitations, but I am a part of the kingdom that shifts this limitation. So let's go on into I've got to get into teaching this because I could preach it all day, but now let's shift it a little bit. I want to talk about this mindset that it hinders us. It, it it opposes us from walking in the dimensional glory that brings unlimited provision. Before I go in, how many could how many wants to how many of you want to walk in unlimited provision? Now look at your name and say if you didn't lift your hand, pass your blessing to me. Cause I can stand for two of them right now. I, 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 got, I got room for double. I got room for double. How many want to walk in unlimited provision? Now this requires, this this, this requires a dimension that is not of this earth to come on your life because everywhere you look in the earth there is limitation it's part of the curse but the bible says that jesus became uh, sin that we watch this should become righteousness he took on the curse so we don't have to walk in it church So if you're going to, let me just say that number one, the mindset that hinders us, the mindset that our giving is mechanical and not relational. I want to talk for a minute in this house because I felt this of the spirit because you can become so blessed and get in the habit of giving that you do the right thing in a wrong way. When I say mechanical, I mean something that has uh, no showing of thought or spontaneity or feeling or heart or watch this, a heart connection to what you're doing. If you don't write nothing else down, write this down today. This will help you from now on. Everything in the kingdom of God has been designed and created by God for relationship. Everything. Either relationship with our brothers and sisters or relationship with him. He has designed nothing. He has created nothing in the kingdom of God to separate from relationship. What does that mean? Keep your heart connected to your giving. This is what makes it obedience and sacrifice, church. This is why it's so important. Can I, let me, let me just hit my soapbox for 90 seconds. This is why, I so, and I'm going to do it for all the, all the, uh, I've got to, uh, all our dear brothers and sisters that are not a part of this house, but, you know, and, and, uh, and hate tithing. want to walk around and, and grab new believers and teach them why it ain't God ain't, can I say something ain't now one of them got a church ain't seen one of them have a church but every one of them got all the answers where's their church I, I, you know, I'm serious. Where's your church at? Let, let me look into the camera because I know all y'all good people. Where's your church at? Where's it at? You don't have one. Thank you, Jesus. All right. All right, we're good. Walk around and tell folk why tithing is not of God. Don't have a church, don't pastor, have all the answers. They're keyboard commandos, Facebook fakers that seek. The Bible says that what they do is they find a new believer and go to plant, want to plant stuff in them to hinder where they're going. And Jesus said, you foolish one, it would be better for you. Just go and tie your rock around your neck and throw yourself in the ocean then to cause one of these people to stumble. These are my children. They're my babes, and I, I have bought them, and they are mine. They ain't even yours, so even if you don't agree with it, just shut up and don't do it, but don't try to make folks stumble because that brings something on you that you don't want. Tithing is a weekly, a weekly reminder to your flesh. Tithing is a weekly reminder to this world and to the powers of hell that God gets the glory for your life and nobody else gets it. Tithing reminds your flesh that God gets the glory and watch this, keeps your heart connected to your giving. Has anybody ever in this place, can I be transparent for a minute, has anybody ever in this place got you a big old blessing and then turned around and had the tithe struggle? Oh my God, it wasn't, it wasn't tough giving you that 50, but now, now it's 5,000. God, hasn't it changed Struggling. Why? The flesh rose up. And tried to disconnect you. Disconnect your heart from your giving. Oh, just go tip him. Don't tithe him. Tithing checks your heart on a weekly basis or whenever you get paid. Therefore, it keeps it soft and listen, connected to your giving. Church, it's important that we keep our hearts connected to our giving or else we can develop a mechanical mindset in our giving towards God. In other words, we can begin to treat our giving to the Lord like we're putting money in a stock market. I put this in and I get this out. And God says, wait a minute. I want to bless you. As a matter of fact, I will bless you more than you can think. But I ain't the stock market. I am your God. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I knew what they were going to name you. I have, numbered the, I have numbered the hairs on your head. I want your heart, not your money. I want your heart connected to it. This is what opens heaven, man. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. This, listen, That kind of mindset will keep you out of or even take you out of dimensional glory that releases unlimited provision in your life because it becomes mechanical. This type of thinking or giving removes the one thing. Everybody shout one thing. The one thing our heavenly father desires from us and that is relationship. Once you understand That everything in the kingdom of God has been designed and created for relationship. You will then begin to grasp the heart behind why God commanded you to give. God commands us to give because it is, yes, it's his way of blessing us because the Bible says whatever a man sows that he shall also reap. He desires to bless his children. That's where you shall amen. Amen. Secondly, though, because it keeps our heart heart soft and enriches our relationship with him. Why? How? Because when we are tithers and givers, we take on the nature and the character of our heavenly father and therefore begins to draw us closer into him. God is a giver, not a taker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you saying preacher that God was a tither? God was a tither and still is a tither. All throughout the Bible, God is constantly requiring a portion to be held back holy unto him. Adam and Eve, you can eat every last tree in this garden but that one. Don't touch it. It's mine. Joshua, you may take of all the spoil of from any of the cities except the first one. It's mine. Of all the tribes of Israel, hey, y'all can do what you want. Levi, don't touch it. It's mine. I want a family from all the families of the earth, from every person. So I'm going to tithe my son. The Bible calls him the first fruits. God was a tither. God is a tither. God is a giver for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life and when you give and when you become a giver you take on the nature and the character of your heavenly father and I came to tell you y'all you dads out there you love it when your son begins to take on your nature and your character how much more does your heavenly father love it when you begin to take on his nature and take on his character he begins to open doors that no man can shut and close the doors no man can open and begins to invite you into a place that only those that love him can come. Yes, Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Watch this. Everything he has done for us from the cross to the tomb to the upper room all the way to our giving was done for relationship. Once you get this revelation that God does not need your money, I love the tithing terrorist. Y'all ever heard tithing terrorist? We don't have them here. In the hallelujah, that's where y'all shout amen and give the Lord a praise because we don't have tithing terrorists. Tithing terrorists are people that say, "You'll do this, or I'll take my tithe elsewhere." We don't have that here anymore, praise God. I feel bad for all the churches they went to. Y'all pray for them, pastors. I always tell them, take it and we'll see who falls first. (laughs) They tithe in terrorists. But anyway, when you get that understanding God doesn't need your money, it will open your eyes to the glory and the fullness of you giving. Watch this. I'm going to say this one more time, then we're going to move on. Tithing is a litmus test of where your relationship is with the Lord. I don't believe it. As a matter of fact, pastor, you, you don't have scripture for that. I, oh, yes, I do. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus said it so good. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, here we go. Your heart follows your treasure. Studies show that when people get born again, that they first start attending the church. They attend church first, they start giving later. Watch this. Some start giving immediately, but most start giving later. What's happening? God's working on their hearts. But in like manner, when someone starts backsliding and falling away from the church, it's the opposite. They stop giving first and stop attending second. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart will follow your treasure. Let me do a little illustration real quick. How about uh, let's see who we're gonna pick out today? Amen. Let's let's pick out Jason and Dolly. Amen. Y'all come on up here for me. I didn't prep them for this, so y'all y'all be with them. Amen. I want to do an illustration I want to do an illustration of your heart following your treasure so y'all stay over there now right here is the glory of God the dimensional glory right the dimensional glory that brings unlimited provision right now Dolly is Jason's treasure (laughs) amen come on amen you gotta say amen amen here we go. I set you up on that one, but you can thank me later. <laughs> I set you up, boys, like this. Woo. Pow! It's it's literally this simple. Dolly, start walking towards the glory. now watch this. Jay, stay back there. Hold on. Stay back. Here. <laughs> you good? Here's his treasure. His treasure is given into the glory. Watch this. That's his heart. When his treasure is given to the glory, Jay, come on. Now his heart follows his treasure. If his treasure's in the glory, guess where his heart is? Yeah, yeah, in the glory. Come on. Thank you. Just wanted to give you that illustration. If your treasure's in the glory, your heart's going to be in the glory. If your treasure's in the Georgia Lottery. (laughs) Come on, Trey. I'm telling you right now. Praise God. If your treasure is in the Milwaukee Brewing Company. Watch now, I'm being serious. Your heart's gonna follow it. You don't even know why you're being pulled to be an alcoholic. Your heart follows your treasure. So now you you gotta understand That if you want to stay in the dimensional glory, your treasure has to come into the dimensional glory. And your heart now follows the dimension, it follows it into the dimensional glory. Never heard anybody say that. God's relationship with you is spiritual, listen, but it flows from your heart. That's why the Bible is constantly communicating the circumcision, not of the flesh, but of the heart, because God can't have a relationship with an uncircumcised heart. Can I have a few more minutes? Stay, I, listen, don't go nowhere. I'm serious. We're about to receive and offering. So now you understand that your giving is relational. I did not say you have to give to have a relationship. I said it is relational. Y'all understand the difference? You can't buy salvation. But because I am saved, I do what saved people do. Number two, another mindset that will hinder you from this dimensional glory is giving with a slave mentality. In other words, here's the slave mentality. I tithe and give offerings because if I don't, I don't know what God's going to do to me. So therefore now every time you bring your tithes and offerings, it's out of fear of what God will do instead of faith of what God is going to do. God answers by faith, church. You can't please him without it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Watch this. Just like the other mindset I just talked about separated your giving uh, from relationship with the Father. Here we go. This type of mindset separates your giving from worshiping the Father. It separates your giving from being worship. How do you know that, Pastor? Pastor. When God created man, he created him for relationship and worship. Relationship with God and relationship with others, he created him for worship. Both of these are integrated in the makings of man. But in order for both of these to be authentic and pure, man had to have free will. In other words, man had to have the choice of whether he was going to worship God or not. Now, there is a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But listen, that's not what this is talking about. If you force somebody to be your friend, is it true friendship? If, listen, if you force somebody, you be my friend, I'll beat you up. That's not friendship. So you've got to understand, pure worship is not worship that is forced. Pure worship is when you respond to an invitation. In other words, God says, "If listen, I invite you to worship me through your giving. I ain't forcing you, I'm inviting you. In the Old Testament, we see, I'm about done, stay with me. In the Old Testament, we see man bringing offerings to God where, uh, which were actually sacrifices, offering sacrifices. Regardless of what kind of offering it was, whether lamb, goat, grain, wheat, it was a sacrifice to them. In other words, it cost them something, If they didn't have livestock, they had to get their money and go purchase some. If they didn't have grain, they had to get their money and go purchase some. When you read the Old Testament, you will find that that this was referred to or considered as worship way more than singing, clapping, or the lifting of hands. I'm not saying that that was not considered worship. I'm saying sacrificial giving was considered worship way more than that was. Abraham said, Me and the lad are going yonder, going up, up to the mountain to worship the Lord. And he had a sacrifice here and wood there. Said, We're going up to worship. It was sacrifice. Watch this. Bringing an offering and a sacrifice was more a more common way of worship. The Bible says, when the priests would put their sacrifice on the altar, watch this, it would release a sweet smelling aroma. I'm bringing you one big circle, a sweet-smelling aroma unto the nostrils of God. This is what the Apostle Paul was referring to when the Philippian church was sending him offerings. He said, just like the Old Testament, when you brought a lamb or a grain to offer before the Lord as worship, so your tithes and offerings when you sacrifice to the Lord. Just as the aroma went up before God when they laid a lamb on the altar, so also is your tithes and offerings when you come and sacrifice to the Lord, it is worship to the Lord and it brings a sweet smelling aroma and God says, I smell something coming from Abundant Life Church that has got my attention and I'll come to find out what is it that you're putting on the altar? It is your worship. That's what's happening when you come down When you have sacrificed to the Lord and you lay it on this altar, you're not coming down just to get, you ain't giving to some man's system. You're not giving to some organization. You are getting the attention of almighty God in heaven. And you're saying, Lord, I am going to allow my lifting of my hands the singing of my lips and the dancing of my feet to join with the sacrifice of my labor and I am going to send a sweet smelling aroma to get your attention in heaven and so you will pour out your blessing on me on earth. This is not forced it's invited. When you view tithing and giving as something that is forced, then you remove the worship out of it. And since there is no longer worship, hear me carefully, it can't grant access into glory. Therefore, it hinders this dimensional glory that releases unlimited provision from manifesting. Worship that opens heaven is not forced worship. In other words, when someone is made to worship, pure worship that opens the heavens is invitational worship. That's what these, when these praise and worship leaders come up here and they say, hey, we want to invite you this morning to clap your hands and lift your hands and sing unto the Lord. We ain't making you do nothing. We're saying we are inviting you into an opportunity to come into the glory of the Lord because in his glory is everything you'll ever need. We are inviting you into a place of worship. Can't force you and won't force you. But over here in the glory, all the limitations are broken. Now, in just a moment, we're about to come down and give. Now you understand why I waited to the end to do this. Those of you watching, prepare to give. Prepare to give. Because now you're giving I don't know, maybe, maybe you viewed your giving as, if I don't do it, God's going to kill me. Some people view things that way. You don't understand, you took the worship out of it. Maybe you view your giving as, oh, I just do it, you know, and it's just what the pastor said do, and so I just do this. And, and you know what, my finances have been better, so I just keep on doing it. Well, that's Mechanical. And you've taken the relationship out of it. And God said, you don't understand. I designed and created you for two things. Relationship and worship. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And when you approach your giving this way. You'll walk in this dimensional Glory. You'll walk in it to where the limitations that are on other people are not on you. Shandra, I'm going to have you tell your testimony in just a moment. Pastor Jason, get ready to let her. I don't even know what her testimony is. I hope it lines up what I'm preaching. Praise God. If it don't, y'all just shout. Amen. But this is how. This is how my brother and I could start a business in the height of the recession. When everybody was nosediving, we started a business. And while everybody was going down, God was bringing us up. Because I am not limited to This world, I have a glory that breaks the limitations off of it. This is the invitation that God is, listen, this is the invitation that is being shouted from heaven right now to the body of Christ. What report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? And I don't know about you, I'm gonna believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah! Let's hear let's hear our dear sisters' testimony today. Praise God. Hallelujah! Y'all give Shannon and her family a hand down here. Praise God.
1: Okay, so um, as most of you all know, me and my husband already. We have two businesses together. He does paint and we have a clothing line as well. Right. Um, about maybe about two and a half months ago, the Lord started putting a desire in my heart to start another business. And mm. I started talking to Jeremiah about it. And I just thank God for him because any crazy idea I got or God gives me, he's like, okay, baby, we'll <laughs> definitely I need? love it. Amen. So I just wanna just give him um, his roses while Amen. he's here and I appreciate him. So, this desire started coming, and the more the desire started, the Lord started dropping more and more. I'm like, Lord, um, I ain't got that type of seed or money yet, but if you put it in my heart, I know you want me to do it. Come on. So, um, last, not last Sunday, but Sunday before, not knowing what you were going to preach on provisional dimensions, I got up, and I never have cash. I'm always just, usually just giving online through. Through the app, and me and Jeremiah, we always give together. But at yeah. this time, he was recording and he was kind of moving around. He sowed a seed and texted me what he was sowing, and I didn't get it to after I left. <laughs> then I sowed a seed and got up. and I said, Okay, God, I said, You are putting a lot in my heart for this business. Yes, so I said, God, I'm writing this down on the back. I said, Provision for, and my name, the name of my business is Lorenzo Ray. I said, Provision for Lorenzo Ray and Company. So, not even before I hit the double doors at the back of the church, somebody walked up and said, here, here's a seed for your business. Wow. And it was 60 times what I sold. Come on! (laughs) 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 Woo! So, I sit down, I'm weeping, and I hear God say, I'm not done. My God. That's all right. Monday and Tuesday, I'm still a hype on the high of this other sea. so I'm not even, I'm, I mean, I kind of got it in the back of my mind, but I'm like, all right, God, you're going to keep on going. I'm not thinking Wednesday morning, if y'all know us, we're night owls, so we're up way past midnight, sometimes two or three o'clock in the morning.
0: Blessed Jesus.
1: <laughs> but we, we make it here on Sunday. <laughs> um, but we, we were asleep. Well, I was asleep. My husband was up. He was like, you need to check your email. I'm like, okay, I'll check it in the morning. I get up in the morning, and I had been waiting on something, tear back on something for about three months. I opened my email, and that same seed I sold on Sunday was multiplied 500 times.
0: In case you didn't hear her, she said 500 times. My God.
1: So, also, one pastor was preaching, he gave a testimony about you and your brother starting the business during the recession. And I was kind of hesitant about the whole business anyway, but I'm like, Lord, we're in what they say is a pandemic. Right. But before this even started, I was like, Lord, you're going to give me provision in pandemic Come on. before the business even started. So, with that being said, when you said last Sunday that millionaires were birthed, that yeah. was my word. Come on. Come on, man.
0: Praise God. Yeah. That testimony goes right with what I'm preaching right now. Praise God. I did say that. I had to stir up my faith to say it because every time I'd go to say it, it was as if the enemy was in my ear saying, don't you dare say that. But finally, after about praying in the Holy Ghost for 30 seconds, I said, God said there's millionaires being birthed in this congregation right now. And there were some folk that grabbed that. And it's it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God shall it be done. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.